Jerry Lou, and welcome to the Loudest Looper podcast. I keep forgetting that this technically is my first Loudest Looper podcast because I've done the Bomb Squad solo twice, and that was weird. But uh, this is a little little brainchild I've been working on for some time, and uh, I've been kind of kicking around the head a la Bill Burr's Monday morning podcast where he just essentially raves and rants for 30 minutes about whatever he feels like, stuff he sees in the news, or whatever. But honestly, this is the third podcast I've ever created. And I gotta, I gotta say, I'm, I'm probably most nervous about this one because I want this one to do the best in that not saying Ty over at bomb squad pod, uh, and our guys over there, not saying he's put a leash on me whatsoever. Usually I just side with whatever he says, because you 99.999 to hundred percent of the time, he just has really good stuff to say or, or good opinions or knows what he's doing. So I always just side with, uh, you know, more experienced people and whatnot. But the whole point of this podcast is I get to, as far as I tell myself uh, to make me keep my hand on the proverbial wheel the way we all want it, so to speak, I have what I believe 100% creative control in this. And I am only saying that to say this in that I want this to be the most intimate show it can be. I don't care if 10 people listen. I'm going to get all 10 of your names and I'm going to talk to you and about you each time. Hopefully it's people I've caddied for before. If you want to hear funny caddy stories, I don't remember too many. I don't write them down, but this is going to be where they probably are at. None of the names have been changed. Screw the innocent. Okay. What really galvanized this was that stupid ass. So I found out, oh God, he's a member of Eugene country club. That'll be fun when I go up there. Uh, He tried to get me fired, but you know what? I created my Twitter account. This was started this whole mess. I created my old Twitter account to put my name on it, to put my name and my face to my opinions and sorry, and but that's gotten me to meet Matt Smith, who I caddied for. And then I got to meet Ty Childs and caddy for him. Now I'm doing a podcast with both those guys. And uh, and it's great. And uh, that's all to help uh, Ty's um, sport travel. You know, he uses his media uh, arm very successfully. He doesn't like most guys probably don't even need to have a podcast network, but he's uh, he's doing it right. Anywho, I try to drink during the show. We have Lagavulin 16 is a delicious, delicious Ely single malt scotch whiskey, one of the oldest in Scotland, if not the oldest. And I know it's one of the, it is the, this Lagavulin and five other distilleries are considered the original malt distilleries. And yes, I know everyone, all, all the dozens of you who are listening right now, hopefully are streaming into your uh, dashboard saying uh, Oban's better. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I just haven't gotten to it yet because I'm stuck on Lagavulin 16, not the eight. The eight tastes like garbage. So salute everybody. Mm. Mm. So a little about me, if you uh, don't know anything I've done so far, we'll keep this brief. I'm a caddy at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort in Bandon Dunes, Oregon, United States of America. I grew up in this area, graduated high school in 2003. The resort opened my freshman year of high school. And I began caddying there on summertime, uh, weekends, spring break, skipping school. <clears throat> I remember me and my friend, Joey Russell, we used to skip, he was two years ahead of me. So I was a sophomore, he was a senior, we'd skip school all the time and work. I know my parents will never listen to this, but I don't care. I'd rather make like 30, 40, 70 bucks than not learn whatever is not helping me today. So uh, uh, I uh, graduated high school, went to the Coast Guard for six years, active duty, Uh, found myself the first two years in San Diego, last four years in Baltimore. When I got out in Maryland, I stumbled into a golf course and worked my way up from a weekend pro shop uh, cashier to uh, uh, third assistant pro. Um, That was a title I made up on my business cards. But it was pretty accurate when you're working in the pro shop 60 hours a week and everyone comes to you for lessons you're not allowed to give. I think you can call yourself an assistant pro. That's what I tell other people. They don't ask many questions. I just told you too much. Anyways, uh, then I found myself <clears throat> unemployed, which was interesting. 
followed a girl out to Colorado, a little place called Aspen, which was four or five years of my life where I didn't golf, but I it was the best four or five years of my life, just in terms of having a good time. I don't even ski or snowboard. I probably snowboard like once a year. And each time I got hurt or a concussion or something. But uh, that uh, Aspen was a party time. Didn't golf. Watched a lot of golf. Didn't really golf. Then I chased a different girl to San Diego, but I also got to go to a school under the GI Bill there. So I was getting paid to go to school in San Diego. And then stuck around SoCal for a little bit. Uh, met my eventual wife down there, uh, Jennifer. She uh, And then I... Once I got uh, drummed out of a couple of good jobs and I was kind of sitting around unemployed again for a moment with really nowhere to go, I just started, I was at a Lake Elsinore minor league game, which is the Padres single A affiliate for the San Diego Padres for uh, Major League Baseball. And I was just sitting there, two for Tuesday, we'd always go, because if you buy a ticket, you get a ticket for free. You buy a beer, you get a beer for free, two for Tuesday. And they were affordable. Like this place only sat like a few hundred people, maybe a thousand people. But anyways, um, <clears throat> I found myself absentmindedly Facebook messaging the head marshal's wife at Bandon Dunes. I didn't even talk to her ever or in the first place. And she, her name's Audrey. And she just happened to say absentmindedly that uh, this was June, like June 1st, 2018. She said, yeah, several groups went out today without caddies. And I said, how much are caddies getting paid per bag? And she said a hundred dollars minimum. Oh, a hundred dollars plus tip. I mean, you don't, there, there's nothing written in this world where you have to tip people. <coughs> we can have a, we can have a Mr. Pink debate all you want about that, but um, I don't care. I, I, I live off a, not live off of tips. I just live off a certain income style. And uh, back in my day, when I started caddying Abandoned Dunes 20 years ago, bag fees were $35. And we were ranked caddies. There were senior caddies, A caddies, and B caddies. And because I was a high schooler and I was only there on like part-time, so to speak, I was a B caddy, bona fide. It even said on the back of the scorecards what you're supposed to tip your caddies. Senior caddy, $20. A caddy, $10. B caddy, optional. So I was going around getting $40 a bag, which was still, at the time, we were the second highest paid caddies in the nation. I still think we either are now or whatever. I'm not going to talk about, like, you know, we're not going to talk about money, so to speak, too much in this. But uh, now our bag fees are $100. That's bananas. Like, if I made $100 back in the day, I definitely worked 36 holes and dinner was on me. I swear to God, now $100 is the minimum. And I even tell people, it's, I, I, that's how I kind of half sold this to my wife. I said, let's just pretend I take one bag a day, every single day of the year, which isn't a really difficult thing to do numbers or ratio wise. There are golf, it is open every day of the year, Band Dunes. There's five courses there, two par three courses, and we making seven total. And we have, I mean, the, the drive and people definitely want to play. The weather's kind of sucky, but they never close for that. So if you carry one bag a day, that's four to five hours. You know, that's half a work day. That's still 36.5K in terms of, 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 of making money. If you keep it all on the table away from the tax man, that's optional. Anyways, <clears throat> so I, I sprinted back to Bandon Dunes. And ever since July 1st, 2018, I have been catting there every single day that I can unless I'm taking a break like I am today to record 15,000 podcasts in a row, or if I'm on vacation, because Jennifer, she has her PGA. She's not in the golf industry, but uh, I haven't had to throw my band dunes weight around once. And she like gets everything set up. We've, we've played pretty much every one of the best courses in Oregon. I mean, we play, we've, she's got family in SoCal. We visit down there and play golf down there yearly at least. So, but with this COVID thing, you know, things are going to be different. So mm. anyways, that's me in a nutshell. Um, I started doing a podcast for a golf blog um, a couple of years ago and always because I always wanted to. I My relationship with podcasts is I've been listening to podcasts just over 10 years. I probably listened to oh, 20 to th over, eh, let's call it 20 to 30 hours of podcasts a week. 
I'm the guy at work or everywhere or driving who always has his AirPod in and everyone thinks I'm always listening to music. I'm, I'm rarely mis- listening to music. I only would do that if I golf per se, but, uh, no, I, I listen to podcasts and, uh, podcasts are, uh, sorry, there's a, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of tweets coming in right now, guys, cause we're, I'm trying to, uh, backlog some episodes here so uh, we can when we drop which will hopefully be around the u.s open in this year of 2020 for golf uh hopefully we'll have like three or four episodes for you guys to drop and to listen to these aren't gonna be long I'm, I'm 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 over the being nervous i'm over the feeling stupid i'm just gonna do my best and the more i do it the more it's gonna get good so yeah, let me just turn my phone over so i'm not distracted i got i got everything written down here we got a lot of twitter questions i want to answer uh, right off the bat and um uh, but, but to put a bow on the me and podcast thing, I, the first podcast I did was great, but the two guys I was doing it with were kind of, eh, they were okay. They, they made, they brought on great guests, but it was just really tough to work with them personality wise. Uh, and, and I heard that from literally dozens and dozens of people in person. And I don't, I live in an area where I don't think we have the right wires for people to understand how the internet works or operates in the first place in this backwater burg that is Coos County, Oregon. Hell, there's only like 30,000 people in this county. They're like the second most populated county in the state and the least most populated is the one right below us towards California. Beautiful place, though. Um, anyways, and then there were a couple behind the scenes thing where, I mean, I never really gave him a clear answer. And if he, and if they ever listen to this podcast right here and now, this is the clearest answer I'll ever give as to why I ever quit your little pod that I helped start for you guys. Uh, I came up with a I had a lot of ideas. I don't care if all my ideas get shot down. <clears throat> I know what they were doing with the website. It was it was going in a bigger direction, which I supported 100%, but at the same time, I didn't necessarily think it was a good idea. I just supported the team. I just stuck to the golf side of things, mostly just the podcast because I was a crap writer. Next thing I know, I had a couple of good ideas with some other team members and they said, no, nah, I don't want to do that or whatever. And like the head of the crew said, no, nah, we won't want to do that. Then I decided, you know what, I'm just... I, I just stepped away. And then I noticed a couple months later, a couple of those ideas I want to do, some of those assholes are doing. So, you know what? Go to hell. It, I've seen your podcast numbers. <clears throat> you know who I'm talking to. You're listening. I'm pointing right at you. Uh, I know the numbers. Thank God you guys get the stellar guests every week because I needed somebody to work with and I just couldn't work with you guys. So best of luck to you. Bomb Squad podcast with me and Matt Smith. It's uh, me, me doing a podcast feels th- very therapeutic. I mean, it's cathartic for me. I, I think it tamps down the 10% of narcissism that bubbles up inside all of us. And this is my way to address it because I like to talk. I'm a talker. I have a lot of opinions, but I know most of them aren't right. And I do like sussing things out and debating things to the point where I'm like, well, hopefully one side can learn stuff from it. Typically, that doesn't happen with most people. But I'm very receptive, receptive to changing my mind so long as I'm on the side of what we think is correct. And, uh, so yeah, excuse me, gotta, I smoke, smoke a ton of THC, forgive me. And, you know, drink a lot of scotch. Mm. It's a vicious cycle here. Need a little filler up. So with that in mind, this podcast, really, I figured if I just do something by myself, I can actually remember all the personal stuff. And that's really what I want to do. A lot of people, again, ask me a lot of these, uh, stories, like caddy stories, funny this, funny that. And I'm just like, I, it, it, it's like our brains or especially mine is like the most retarded computer memory bank ever where once it gets full, it doesn't say it's like overdrawing in a bank account. When it gets full, it doesn't say, Oh no, we got no room in here to remember stuff. It just pushes in the new memory, which means something else falls out the back of the mail slot. So essentially if I do this weekly, I will be able to fully flush out every single funny thing that's happened. I carry a little, 
uh, notebook with me. That's uh, it's the um, the right in the rain, all weather universal. This is the number uh, nine fifty four model. I mean, it's it's great. I got I got a whole bunch of notes in here. Some of them are tricky. Like here, for instance, uh, and 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 I don't care. This, these are the tangents you guys are going to deal with because uh, if you're listening to this show, you at least appreciate the bullshit that I put out there. But uh, my favorite movie is Doctor Strange Love, and um, in the uh, the coding machine that the the B fifty two bombers use for their radio coatings uh, when it, when it comes time to like uh, go on bombing runs with CRM one one four, and then the movie Fun with Dick and Jane with Tierra Leone and uh, and uh, uh, Jim Carrey. One of the forms they signed at the end that they said was the CRM one fourteen. Weird. Anyways, uh, but then I got other weird notes in here. Like I wrote down Rick Moranis and Wayne Knight, and that was all I wrote down. That and, and judging off the handwriting, I was really hammered. Uh, but I other got little notes in here. These, this, I feel like it's like Mitch Hedberg's like stand up. Like I said, produce companies must be pissed at supermarket sweep. Um, let's see. Let's see. Well, anyways, well. The whole point is I want to just connect with you guys. I got funny isms. I got funny takes. I got funny opinions on stuff. Hopefully they'll come up organically. I mean, or I'll save them for later. But I mean, I want this to be like you guys listen to the pod. And then you tell me what you think of what I'm saying right now. And then you send me emails saying like, hey, Jerry Fatass or hey, Jerry Bush. Pubic Bush. I, I got nothing. Anyways. <clears throat> See, I'm not good at that. That's what I need you for. Okay. This doesn't work solo. I don't want you're listening to me. And I want to hear from you so then I can talk back to you again. And then if people, some people don't like it, you can listen to another show or you can, you can email or tweet me more. So the important thing is, let me not email, but it, it, it's Twitter based. Okay. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, it's because you follow me on Twitter and I told you about this podcast. Now I know I need to branch out and do other things, but beyond that, this is the best I can do, or this is all I care about until my team tells me I can do better or how to do better. Cause shit, Ty, I guess Ty up in Canada, my network director, he, uh, I asked him, I swear to God, it, in all earnestness, it had to be at least eight times what he did to describe what he does for a living. And I'm not going to describe it because I don't remember word for word, but once I caught on to the whole thing where youth sports in Canada aren't, uh, administered in the schools or done in the school systems like they are in America, it, it, all the pieces finally fell into place. But like, oh, now I see what he does for a living. And from an American's point of view, I'm just like, that doesn't sound like a business or viable or not creepy or anything like that. But sorry, Ty, that was that was something I I share that story word for word with a lot of people. I uh, I'm very embarrassed that I don't know culturally the, our differences, thus leading some of our existences. Anywho, so uh, this is aimed to be. I'm going to say for last time. <laughs> this is aimed to be purely personal. And with that being said. I put out a tweet this morning saying I'm doing a bunch of podcasts uh, solo today. And let's, if you have any cues, I'll give them some A's. It doesn't matter what you say to me. You could, it, it, it's like callers on the radio. It's like, Hey caller, you're on the air. It's like, ah, Jerry's a dildo. I'm like, okay, well, that, that was that caller. He said, I'm a dildo moving on. I mean, I'll address it. I mean, that's let's, let's be fair. Let's all, let's all be as popular and as famous in this together in terms of, I mean, that, who knows? Speaking of, let's get started. I got a list of Twitter questions here, a ton of them, a ton of them. And look, I wrote down a piece of paper. That's how archaic I am because I had to split all this shit up. But um, let's just get started right away from uh, Ivan Shotsky on Twitter. You can find him at Oregon MUFC fan. Sorry, I really I don't know MU Manchester United Football Club, Oregon Manchester United Football Club fan. Anyways. Ivan at Oregon MUFC fan. I seriously, dog, I just 
put that all together on the spot. <laughs> that uh, <clears throat> I talk. These are the boners that I like to share in the show. Where I'm like, I read that three times before I started recording, and I'm just like, I don't know, Mufu. He, he misspelled Jinko. I don't know. But as I'm reading, I'm like, oh wait, I figured this out. So, anyways, Ivan asked, "What um, are the most high-profile guests that I've ever caddied for? Uh, professional golfers, not professional golfers, like what is it? Well, I can vouch that." Tour golfers, since they do that for a living, they play golf for a living, they don't really vacation to golf often. I mean, yes, Tiger Woods has been to Band of Dunes, but that was 18 years ago. I've caddied for Vijay Singh while Greg Norman was in the same group at Band of Dunes, but that's because a caddy was one of our caddies, Doc. He's not with us anymore on the team. He's not, he's, he's alive, I'm pretty sure, but he's a PGA Tour regular caddy. He got fired from Band of Dunes because he just couldn't stop, couldn't smoke, couldn't stop smoking. Like he was a cigarette smoker. You're not supposed to smoke when you caddy. Probably, there's at least three or four times during a round where you could probably like sneak a cigarette or whatever. It's not that big a deal. I mean, as long as you're discreet, you know, litter. I mean, it's, you know, we're all human. And then mostly for a golfer doesn't care. That's the big thing. Um, but uh, Doc got fired because he just could not stop smoking, like whether he tried to hide it or not. And I know Doc, I, I, I barely remember his face, but I, I remember that because I, I keep thinking of Jack Parrish, another one of our caddies instead, who kind of looked like him. But anyways, um, Doc was uh, friends with those guys. And this was right when uh, Vijay Singh was pretty hot to trot. This is like 2002, 2001. He was carrying a seven wood in his bag at the time. And I made me carry a seven wood after that too. Cause it, at the time it was like driver three wood, five wood. And he had driver three wood, seven wood. And he said, I hit it the same distance. I could just hit a higher or lower or whatever accent he has. Um, but Greg Norman, he's a fun guy. There were two real dry guys, I'll admit. And the fun, the fun, the one funny story I remember uh, from that round specifically was, mm, Bandon Dunes, number nine, off the tee in the fairway. It's a par five, Dougley Wright. And both their balls are kind of near each other. And it's weird being with two dry guys because it's like every group of friends needs to be like a Vietnam platoon. You need like the, the officer, the radio guy, the heavy gunner, the ammo guy, that everyone needs to fulfill a role. So if you have two, you always need a dry guy. If you have two dry guys, that's tough. But I find it funny because I love awkward silences. I love pauses. The key to everything is timing. I didn't just get out there. Sorry. Um, and Greg, even though he has, I'd say, I don't want to say more personality than Vijay Singh, or maybe I shouldn't emphasize more. I should emphasize the word personality than Vijay Singh. But Vijay is just, he's a super dry guy. Greg, I think, just kind of goes with the flow. He really, the one time I was ever around him, he really struck me as he's a super enigmatic alpha male who kind of tends to, and I'm probably way off base on this because I've only seen him the one time was when he was playing recreational golf in Oregon with Vijay Singh in 2002. But uh, I think he kind of tends to mirror whoever he's with or parallel whoever he's with personality-wise. Because I've seen him be very cool and very gregarious and all this stuff. But then when he was with Vijay, it's like, he's like, oh, he's like, oh you want to be sarcastic? You want to be quiet? All right, right? Or however Aussie's talking, the, the big Kinko's. Anyways, Kinko is a, is a, a derogatory slang I want to start for Australian people. I want to call him uh, Kinko's. Like Mark Mishman's the big Kinko. Anyways, um, so we're nine fairway, and <laughs> it makes me laugh because I still picture it. Uh, the away ball is kind of near a drain in the bottom of a, of a gully in the fairway, and Greg walks up to the ball, and you can see him kind of – he's sitting there. He's adjusting. He's, he's moving his stance. He's trying, to, he's trying to make a stance or a ball flight that gets this, this drain in the way to, so he can take a free drop. And he's doing this for – 10, 15 seconds. I thought it was, I, I felt like an eternity because I'm just sitting here going like, what's Greg going to do? Meanwhile, so he just says like, hey, VJ, uh, can I get relief here? Uh, free drop. And uh, 
<laughs> VJ, meanwhile, is standing facing, like looking down the hole, like facing 90 degrees the other direction. He's just kind of, he just dryly, he just looked, he just like looks straight ahead and just kind of like absolutely just goes, nope. And then, and then Greg just goes, ah, well, shame, it's your ball. And then he walks over to his ball, which was five yards further, just in, in the middle of the fairway. And VJ's like, yeah, it was the first time I ever saw VJ with like his pants down. Like that man is either smiling or, or plain faced. And, and it, it was the one time I ever saw his eyes get big and it looked like someone pulled a prank on him and he'd never been pranked before. Like he was like a little offended, but that would be my most high profile golfer. Um, I most recently didn't caddy four, but he's in the same group. The director of R and D for Callaway was uh, out at the, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly when you'll be hearing this, but this was uh, in late August, early September and uh, he gave us a lot of sweet swag. Uh, very, very cool group. Most of the guys are from uh, uh, Carlsbad, which I've lived there before. I used to, I mean, I used to, I used to work in a corporate office uh, doing e-commerce for Carlsbad Golf Center. And on my lunch breaks, I'd get an hour and I would go to the AMPM, get a chili dog, drive back across the street, and I'd park outside the gates of Callaway's main headquarters and just like sit there and read a book and like smoke a joint and uh, eat my lunch and then go back to work. I mean, and then like TaylorMade was just right over the hill, the kingdom. I mean, it's Southern California is still like a really great Mecca for golf in that regard. But, um, but anyways, I would say more so like I caddy for Ray Romano uh, and Kevin James is in his group. This is back in 2001. I was, God, I was like 15 years old and uh, it was a cart job the very last day for Ray. Cause he got, they were playing like 36, 36, 36. And like last day he got a bum leg and played 18. Ray Romano also took me, he took me to Subway in Bandon after that for lunch. He's like, ah, Wait, I gotta catch a, a flight and, oh. and he didn't want to eat on property, he wanted something fast. And I said it jokingly, I'm just like, Hey, you want to go to Subway in town? And it's on the good side of town. It's like, Okay. And uh, that, that was probably more like Kermit the Frog. I apologize, but uh, you're gonna get a lot of that crap too. But uh, yeah, I remember the two employees working at Subway, the one older lady did not recognize him, and like the other employee who wasn't serving us was just kind of like, Oh my god, is that Ray Romano? And I'm just sitting there, like, like I'm parading around like a dog on a leash, like, We're not allowed to have dogs. I'm like, Look at this, look at what I got. But, um, and ironically in the, in the Kevin James, Ray Romano group, there are two other guys in the group who are from Chicago, who are just nobody, no namers, whatever, just regular people. They were two of the funniest human beings. I, I remember my whole life. I don't remember their names. And, and on the very last day of the card shop, friggin' Ray, we were on number 14. It was when you were sizing up as a, it's a short part for under the wind. He hit it to the left in the big part of the fairway and we were sizing up his approach into the wind. And all of a sudden I turn around and Kevin stole the cart. And I froze and I like, we go back to like line up the shot and I give him a six iron, which wasn't enough club. We we're like 140 out with wind in our face. And, uh, and he's not that, he's not that good a golfer. <laughs> and then I turn around, I look for the cart and I'm just, I start thinking to myself, well, my career's over. <laughs> like another golfer just got the cart. He comes back later. He's just like, oh, I went over to take a piss, like over by the course crush. And, uh, they're good guys. But, um, but the, but I, I've caddied for like uh, Pete Carroll. I keep forgetting about him. Pete Carroll, back when he was coach of uh, USC, football coach of the uh, University of Southern California, he's a card. That guy's a that guy's wonderful. He's a charmer. Uh, if he was a foot taller, he would definitely be an alpha male. Like that guy is awesome. Caddy for a lot of random like athletes and coaches and um, uh, like small time this, small time that. I, I'm trying to like look on my board back here. Anything I got autographed. I caddy for Byron Nelson's personal manager back when he was alive 20 years ago. And he managed to get me a personally autographed picture. Byron Nelson before he passed away. Got the King right here. It's under debate, but uh, got that for Christmas. I'm not going to say my relationship with him. Um, yeah, that's a Padraig Harrington glove. It's a, a righty glove, which is weird, a lefty glove, which is weird. So I don't know how, I think a coworker of mine gave me that. 
but also at the other time, on the other hand, if you measure what you consider high profile or celebrity, I think it's what matters more to you personally. And I don't really take a very like mainstream approach to it. I certainly try not to. Uh, for example, uh, last year, I was catting for this guy uh, from Netflix. He worked in San Francisco for Netflix. He's a young fellow, maybe a couple years younger than me. And I remember his, his whole thing was, uh, he's like, do you have Netflix? I said, yeah. And he's just like, are you on somebody else's account or are uh, you on your own? I'm like, I'm, I'm on my own boss. Even though I wasn't. Um, but I guess that's, yeah, that's something they have to address is everyone's on their mom's Netflix or something like that. Anywho, I, uh, the two, we were paired with two other guys who had rickshaws and those two fellas were two of the three brewmasters from Belching Beaver Brewery, which was uh, a brewery that started up about less than 10 years ago, just down the road from where I had a party house in the Southern California in the, in the Carlsbad area. And since I, I'm a hophead when it comes to beer or when I used to drink a lot of beer, <clears throat> I go to the seltzers now. I've lost 20 pounds. Thank you. Um, they just, they just make a tasty beer, like tasty enough that like I bought t-shirts from the brewery and gave them out as gifts and kept some just because it's like, well, it's a badass brewery. I really like it. Belching beaver, really great logo, great brews. And uh, yeah, they, I essentially, when I told them all that, that it's like, guys, I live right down the street from your brewery. I go like every weekend when I used to live down in San Diego, it's like, those are high profile celebrities to me, so to speak. But uh but also, Ivan, the point of this podcast is if and when these things happen as they happen, I this is where you're going to hear it from. You're going to hear it from me. Like I had a caddy friend of mine the other day when we were at Sheep Ranch. We have a satellite parking lot there for the caddies. He sees me from like 100 feet away. I forget the guy's name, uh, but we share many cigarettes and many laughs together. He's like beckoning me from like 100 yards away. He's like, come over here. I'm just, and he's like, but he's jogging towards me. I'm just like, this guy's never, okay. So I'm, I'm going up to him and he's got his phone out. He's about to show me a picture on the phone. He's trying to show me something on the phone. And he uh, essentially, he said, hey, hey, guess who I caddy for today? He showed me a picture of a wedge and stamped on the back of the bokeh wedge said, you are not the father. No, 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 God, I might have fucked that up. It was either you are the father, you are not the father. And I just froze for a second. I'm like, you didn't caddy for James Earl Jones. And then I looked at him, I was like, did you caddy for Maury Povich? And he's just like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's neat. Because I know a couple other guys who have caddy for Maury. Maury is a big time golfer. He's been golfing his whole life and he's pretty good at it. But I mean, funny shit like that, you're going to hear here. So Ivan, I will do my best to get more stories as they come, or hopefully as I remember them. The more I say them here, the more I probably won't repeat myself, hopefully, and I need all of you to help me out with that. So next question comes from a good buddy of mine I already caddied for. We got paired together randomly, but um, we follow each other on Twitter now. Or, or maybe it was the other way around. I don't know. But he was a sweet guy. He had an even sweeter mustache when he was there, named Will Brennan. You can find him on Twitter, at WillBren4. And he asks, uh, music or no music when looping? Uh, he asked, He was asking for my preference, I think. And honestly, I don't care. I, my musical preferences, I don't like reggae. I'll put up with it because everyone else likes it. I'm like, hope you don't like reggae. It's like me saying, like, I don't like Tony Fina. It's like, he's a nice guy. I'm like, I'm not saying he's not a nice guy. I'm just saying he doesn't win golf tournaments, which means I don't care about him. But reggae, I'm a former drummer. I used to uh, write music. Take it from me. Reggae is not music. Bob Marley is a wonderful activist and one of the greatest human beings that has ever walked this earth. And I am sad that he is not alive anymore for all the reasons that like that for some reason, hate would kill that man. But uh, this, the music of reggae, keep it in Jamaica. I don't care if it's their religious music. You know, I, I don't like Ranchero music, but I get it. Um, and country music. I don't like it, but I understand it. Like I just know how to avoid it. Like you know, some people say rap's not music. I'm like, I don't know. There, there are a lot of rap songs out there that if like you put the lyrics together, it's like, there's, there's an interesting story here. I mean, one that you wouldn't think, but whatever. Uh, I didn't come here to pupate. 
Will asks, uh, yeah, music, no music on the golf course. Uh, I don't care so long as your speaker's light. Um, I don't have a good speaker at the moment. I, I, I co-own two golf carts over at uh, my private club. And I'm kind of angling this Christmas to uh, one of my, I have birthday near Christmas and I want to get a new golf bag and hopefully a solid speaker of some kind, instead of these $20 best buy pieces of shit that I've been rocking for the past five to 10 years, that they're still rocking, but they don't have a battery life or any ass to them. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's like the shower speakers. So, mm. um, and if, uh, I do have a, a couple groups, Timmy Nubo, shout out, Timmy, love you, bud. Uh, can't wait to see you again. And all, anyone you want to bring with you, uh, uh, they, um, we, 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 I essentially, I forget how it came up, but they listen a lot of Yacht Rock and I've, I've dubbed that like, if you're just golfing with three other dudes, Yacht Rock is the most, uh, most agreeable music. And if you don't know what Yacht Rock is, uh, see Steve Winwood. <clears throat> okay. Next question. And it's kind of a big question. We'll wrap up the inaugural episode with this. Uh, it's a big question. It's, uh, comes from, uh, my buddy Jeremiah Romero, we call him Bullfrog, the caddy. He's a caddy of my, a caddy friend of mine. We uh, he started Bandanoons just about the time I was starting back up at Bandanoons. We were both initiated as Elks together in the same initiation ceremony at our club, and um, you can find him on the Twitter machine at Bullfrog one one one. He's had an account for a while, and I know he listens to my podcast sometimes. How you doing, Jeremiah? Um, but uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't mean to say it in these many words, but I think I've, I've, he, I've retaught him how to use Twitter. Cause he's had a Twitter account that he wasn't using for much. And I was like, dog, I've been getting so many requests from Twitter to be quite honest. Since I made this account in September of 2018, Twitter's probably net me a few thousand dollars on its own of just like work. And it's gotten me to meet some really cool people before, uh, before I even get a caddy form. Or if while we're caddying, they realize like, Oh, Hey, you're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter too. Then I go back and delete a bunch of stuff and then they start following me. But, um, Bullfrog, great man. He's got a great name. He's got a, a really good question, and we're going to break it down in a few parts here. He said, what was the most annoying or crazy loop I've ever had, or what was the best loop I ever had, or what are some of my pet peeves on the course? I'll address the most annoying or crazy loop. There's a guy who stands out in my head, and I really hope he's long dead now because he was pretty old 20 years ago, but his name's Warren Barge. Forget where he's from. I remember what he looks like. He was a very, very cranky, older, fat man who the name like barge who i remember on the first fairway at bandon dunes we were 100 yards out uphill i tell him i tell him we're up it's uphill shot 100 yards uh, into the wind um and he proceeds to ask for his 56 degree which is a spin doctor wedge for those of you who don't know what a spin doctor wedge is it's not a yacht rock band uh from the uh, early 90s no even though that's what spin doctors were um the spin doctor wedge was a training wedge deemed non-conforming for play the moment it was incepted and it had interchangeable faces in it some looked like hard rubber with swamper like little ridges like really in between to like to groove the ball some of them it was almost like that diamond uh like those diamond face wedges remember the, those ones that really cut up the ball i forget what they were called uh but they were highly illegal too but you could spin the ball every day it was weird because like the face he had on it was the one that was like made of like firm rubber and it the grooves so to speak, if you could picture what the grooves were, they were really wide. So this thing only had like three ridges on it and you could put your whole finger in between each one. But every time he had a full swing shot, that thing would suck back like 30 feet. He played this club in earnest folks. So we're hundred yards out first hole, hundred yards out uphill, winning your face, sir. He grabs his 56 degree proceeds to skull it somehow over the hill, but up the hill and hundred yards over the target. And without looking at me, 
kind of hands the club to me and said, you got the yardage wrong. I looked over at the other caddy who happened to share the same skin tone as him. Yes, he was black. That, that meant nothing, but that's just all I remember was he's black. His name was Warren Barge, and I remember his face, and he was a dick. My buddy Kyron was in the group, too. He was a year younger than me. Um, we grew up together. I, he heard it, and I kind of looked at him like, oh, man, this is awful. And Kyron, kind of, Kyron just kind of put his hands up and be like, don't get me involved in this. I'm just like, I'm not. But come back here. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, Warren Barge may you rot in hell. Uh, crazy loops? I don't know. When guys get too drunk, I'd say that gets more annoying. Um, so I, when it comes to crazy loops, I don't, I guess frog, I don't really have too many crazy. I guess that's just not a word I really attach to things. Hell, I have, that's why I got to try and record and take more shots of stuff out there because like I have golfers all the time hitting miraculous shots or doing stuff and I'm just trying to play it cool or trying to keep the pace of play going or whatever. I'm not, I'm not really ever running around. Like, uh, I'll say it like my boy, Brant Brewer. Like, I mean, now that he's a celebrity there, everyone wants to stop and talk to him for two minutes in between every single shot. And he obliges because he's a nice guy. So like, uh, it, 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 I, I'm all about one Marshall asked me once and that, and she's a caddy now and her name's Karen. Uh, she, uh, she said, how come your, your group's always a slow one, Jerry Lou? I kind of took offense to that because I'm just like, Hey, we're all pretty slow out here and you can't just blame the caddy. Like we're all pretty slow out here, but I am paranoid to make sure it's like, when we're walking off the tee, I'm the first one stepping off and we're walking up the fairway. I want to be the first, I want to be the one in front when me and my golfer are going to the ball. I want to get there first. So it's, it's tough for me like that that's rule number one for me so it's tough for me to think of what i would consider like all the super fun or crazy times the best loop i i have four or five loops that probably tie for best there's never been anything that's been hands down the greatest like there's there's hang-ups to everything when i got it for ben stein back in the day uh that was a lot of fun but comparatively speaking to now that wasn't worth any making any money uh sorry ivan that was that's probably my favorite celebrity i caddy for was ben stein him and his college buddies uh, do a Ryder Cup style uh, golf thing every year. And they chose Band of Dunes back in 2002 when it was Band and Pack. And it was first time I ever got a double bag and they were doing an alternate shot in the morning, which is the best double bag for because you're chasing one ball. Perfect. And you're getting to pay double. Perfect. Anyways. Um, but I would say on average, my best loops come from my boy, Dr Brian Trowbridge. He's a friend of mine up in uh, Salem. He's about five years older than me. So he's about 40. I don't know what he and his wife do for a living. I know they don't have kids. I think he does something with real estate or whatever, but he's a plus two handicap. He's a former college basketball player and he played a little bit of baseball. The guy's just a straight jock on number four Pacific dunes. If anyone knows it's a long par four stretching exactly parallel along the ocean cliffside. Beautiful. He has a routine or tradition there where every single time he goes to the tee, he takes a tall can of beer and hits his driver off a ball off the tall can of beer. And he takes the drive. And he always looks at me. He's like, the key is leave two inches of beer in the bottom. There's your tip for the show this week, folks. If you're ever going to tear off a beer can, leave some beer in the can. Anyways, Brian is probably the best because the very first time I caddied for him, uh, somebody, one of the other caddies who caddied for him way back in the day or something, they said, uh, hey, he reads his own putts. I'm like, oh, good to know. I've never had a guy who does that. Furthermore, I never have intel. When we're meeting you for the first time, we don't know what you like. It's a guessing game for us, too. No matter how nervous you are, think about how nervous we can be. That's where the scotch kicks in. But mm. so essentially, Brian we uh god we were two under through six we had three birdies and a bogey and he um when we were we birdied number six on band of dunes par three into the wind hadn't read a single putt of his when we were walking off the green we really hadn't talked much i was just letting him be he slaps me on the ass real hard and said man we're reading these putts aren't we and i'm just like looking at him like oh yeah we sure are i mean and then we kind of proceed to have like a bromance after that like uh i've caddied for him and his dad uh, whenever they stay in Bannon, they always rent a house and um, like have like 20 people over and, and to eat and hang out. And I'm always one of them. Uh, Brian had his 
he had his 40th birthday recently when he was down here golfing and we were all, we all went to the mill casino to the plank house restaurant and had a i thought it was just hey i'm just gonna go join my buddy brian at the casino for some dinner i was invited it was like it was a pretty like like everyone locally brought their wives or whatever and dressed up and whatnot i mean it was it was it, I, I feel like if i'm a part of any entourage i'm part of the uh, the trowbridge family and the wall family from jersey but we'll we'll talk about the wall family uh later but um but to, to put a big bow on this uh question for bullfrog the pet peeves thing is something i want to say for the for the end because if there's everyone's a little bit different but i gotta and a lot of caddies agree but if there's any pet peeves that really get me on the golf course i don't want to walk sideways or backwards as a caddy Unless we're searching for your ball and I made a big mistake and put us in the wrong spot. I don't want to walk backwards. I, I, I it's the most annoying, especially when you're carrying two bags. It's like every ounce counts. The average weight of the bags we, uh, we haul out there is like in the upper thirties. I would, I, I'm no hyperbole. Probably. I think 40 pounds is probably your average bag because once they get up to 50, we tell them it's like, you got to do something about this. So that like, if a golfer throws a club, I don't care. Usually like 99% of golfers that throw clubs immediately apologize and say, don't pick that up. I'll get that. But then if you say, as a golfer, you're listening to me say this to you. If you say that to me, I'll say, Hey, listen, so long as you, I'm not going to say it in so many words, but as long as you know, that was embarrassing, you shouldn't do it. And you didn't like try to do it at me. I'll pick up the club for you. Don't worry. Just, just don't throw it at me or throw it and be like, ah, go get that. I mean, it's come on. Like, even though we are the help, I try not to feel like the help we want to we want to be uh we want to be your psychologist your swing coach your caddy your bartender your your marriage counselor god forbid so pet peeves otherwise i mean i would say more so i'm not maybe this isn't a pet peeve per se but it's like i wish golfers would admit when they miss hit putts more because i never ask like hey did you pull that or whatever like i've gotten to the point now where i've tempered my diplomacy a little bit in that i can say like if if a guy hits a really good iron shot but it was like a club short and it was right on line. Like I'll like when he hands me his club, I'll just be like, did you hit that hundred percent? And if they say, yes, they did. Then I'll, then I'll just kind of act like, huh? Hmm, well, I guess I, I guess I got the wrong club. Huh? must be windy up there. But most golfers are, are pretty nice and honest. And, and it's, and how often do we hit hundred percent good golf shots? The average of us over and over and over. So, I mean, what do you want? What do you want from us? It's uh, it's very, it's very easy for me to go, did you hit that 100%? And then they'll be like, yeah, I caught a little fat. And then I can go like, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought I heard. Yeah, it's a little fat. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so easy to, I don't know. It's hard to describe a caddy without using the word caddy. It's like we're very facilitating in that regard. So anyways, thank you, Bullfrog. Much appreciated. And hey, I don't think this is sanctioned yet, but it's going to be anyways. I'm just going to tell you my buddy Crazy, good friend of mine, the caddy. He's got a company called gorsegolf.com, makes head covers. Most expensive head covers are 40, 50 bucks. That's half the price of Seamus's cheapest head covers. And if you use our, we're going to give you our bomb squad uh, uh, coupon code here. If you put in bomb squad pod in the coupon code, you get an initial 10% off a 40 or $50 head cover. That's awesome. I'm, in fact, I'm going to go peruse them right now because I need me some head covers. So I'm Jerry Lou. You can find me at Jerry Lou Looper on Instagram and Twitter, please. Subscribe to the show. You don't even have to listen. Just subscribe. It'll download. Listen when you want to. That's the beautiful thing about podcasts. It's like radio at your own discretion and digestion, whenever you choose. And uh, rate review. It's it's quick and easy. My buddy Josh Jeppy, love him. He did it for. Uh, he's my old uh, head pro back in Maryland. Love the guy. He'll always be one of my closest brothers. He um he left a review on our other podcast. He just he just put five stars and said funny and informative. I was like, and that's my that's my buddy Jeppy. Like, he didn't he didn't even get funny or personal at all. He was just like funny informative. It's like. Thank you, dude. The algorithms want to see that shit. So 
I I love you guys. I thank you guys on behalf of sports sport dash travel radio network and the loudest looper. I don't have a catchphrase yet. Uh, I'll see you on the green. Here I come again now.